0: You are listening to the Two and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network.
1: Can I get you anything, Eddie? Another drink? Drive you out to the middle? Leave you for dead? <laughs> nah, Clark, I'm just happy to be here.
0: <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do? Every week, travis is Does anybody still care about? This podcast. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people too. Talk fantasy football. Bring you the latest in CFL news. And sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable. Ready, set, hunt. We are part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. My voice is hoarse from yelling during the Labor Day weekend. It is nothing Else yet, anyway. I'm Travis Cura, <laughs> uh, Brazilian Ty with me. We both spend uh, lots of time on the highways, and we both spent a lot of time on the highways this weekend. Ty, uh, you probably see a lot of idiotic things <laughs> on the highway. I, I just got to throw this your way. You're driving down the highway, it's two lane, mm-hmm. you know, it- it's mm-hmm. about. Midnight, and then somebody decides Mm -hmm. to drive, I don't know, four or five car lengths behind you for about 25, 30 minutes. Like, what is the actual point in that? (laughs) Like, uh, you're on a divided highway? Yes. They're getting brake checked for sure. (laughs) Okay, so now this particular time, I wasn't in the mood for that. But like after twenty minutes, they just decided to you know, speed up by ten K an hour and they were on their merry way. So unless it's an undercover police officer <laughs> <I> <laughs> Just waiting not. for you to slip up. Like I like I get so self conscious when I'm pulling up the vehicles driving the same speed as them. Like what are other people doing man? They're saving fuel. They're drafting. Hey, maybe, okay, finally, an explanation. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a strategy I should use to save on gas money. <laughs> the worst is when you pass somebody, or when you're,
1: you pass somebody, but you see a, a bunch of cars behind you, right? In the passing lane. So yeah. you, you get out of the way. And you're still catching up to the next vehicle you wanted to pass, but you're not going as fast as those people that are behind you, so you got out of their way. But then they barely pass you, and you have to slow down. Yep. It's like, will you go? (laughs) Like, I don't know how many... (laughs) I dropped on the highway. (laughs) On... On Saturday, driving <laughs> home from Prince George, but it was a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. We're a bunch of road ragers. So, well, let's be football ragers uh, going forward. Everybody here. is a worse <laughs> driver than I am, and it's I've proven that fact every time I'm on the road. <laughs> With pod power... Our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode edmonton community foundation is helping us give a pod power shout out to book women book women is a podcast about editing publishing and writing indigenous stories three metis librarians representing nations from across the homeland aim to inspire indigenous peoples to share their stories in whatever form that they enjoy guests include indigenous storytellers from diverse mediums like podcasting burlesque Books, comics, social media, films, music, and everything in between. You can listen and find out more at BookWomenPodcast.ca. Join Two and Out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em, and show kura and Ty, what you got? They are who we thought they were. Just
1: click CFL Fantasy.TSN.ca. Enough of talking about it. There has to
0: be consequences. And Pick'em.CFL.ca. Alright, <laughs> the the first, I'd like to say, just about, yeah, you know what? Every game this weekend had a shocking moment. Now, Montreal winning was not the shock. Winning 51-29 <laughs> was the shock. Like, if you would have told me, you know, before this game, that the Red Blacks were going to put up 29 points, I probably... Would have told you that they were definitely the winning team. Ty. Uh,
1: yeah, because you have to play real bad to allow twenty nine points
0: <laughs> to Ottawa. <laughs> the over under, what was it? Forty two and a half, forty three, something like that. And uh, yeah, I think it was forty three and a half. <laughs> Thirty three points in the fourth quarter alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, the story of the game is Vernon Adams Jr. He comes into this game. I I guess his confidence was shaking, shaking. You know, maybe he was feeling the pressure of finally being the leader of a team. He bounced around the CFL, he was on several teams, never got the shot. And he kind of fell into the starting gig in 2019 and they became one of the most exciting teams in the CFL. And then this year it was his team. And I guess Mm -hmm. he was feeling the pressure in that interview after the game, he was choking up and it's just really cool to, when when you see that you you realize how small the CFL community really is. He's saying he was getting texts from media members, opposing players, teammates, like, you got this, man. Just be yourself, and you'll crush it. And Ty, he crushed it.
1: Yeah, 288 yards, four touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. You know, 18 of 23, so super, like, 78.3 percentage or passing percentage. Like, he had a hell of a game. Uh, you know, and I think a lot of that, like you're saying, with the pressure, he's feeling and everything. Well, it also like last year, they are such a fun team to watch, and, you know, they're kind of the darlings of the CFL uh, especially with Kahari there but I mean it was kind of tumultuous to start the year with with their training camp situation but this year like he, he knows he's coming in as a starter he's got the same coaching staff back everything's back and it just it seemed like he was trying too hard and I know that kind of sounds dumb mm-hmm. but like he was trying to be something he wasn't and we saw last year's Vernon Adams on Friday night
0: the Montreal receivers made uh this look easy at points like, yeah. like Eugene <laughs> Lewis, in, <laughs> in the Ottawa secondary, like they they just grabbed the ball out of the air. Like this is mine. Y- y- you have no right to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> impeding me at all. Like Lewis was an absolute of, monster. Of those eighteen, yeah, of those eighteen completions, Winicky and Lewis had twelve. Wow, wow. Like we we knew Lewis was capable of this, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm on the record last week. Kind of questioning that it would be this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, it was this week. Five catches, one hundred and twenty yards, two touchdowns, including a hurdle on the sideline, and then he gets hit and his helmet flies off. Like highlight of the night, material right there. Jake Winicky, yep. touchdown, Jake. Another two touchdowns, seven catches for one eighteen. I went with BJ Cunningham in this game and he he only had mm. the four catches for 27 yards who knows next week it could be him but those three guys uh, are the guys going forward especially Winicki and Lewis and Winicki just keeps putting up the touchdowns it seems like every week yeah and we we talked about you know his touchdown
1: catch ratio or whatever however you want to word it and he adds two more uh, and on Friday and Eugene Lewis with two more and we saw, you know, the first couple weeks of the season where Eugene Lewis, the, it, it didn't look like the ball was getting forced to him on Friday night like it has been earlier in the season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like this was a completely different-looking offense. And not like schemes or anything. It just seemed like, you know, Vernon Adams was making better decisions with the football.
0: Well, and up until this game... Ottawa's defense, they were giving up yards through the air. Michael Riley, Mm -hmm. Cody Fajardo both had 300-yard games, but they were were tightening down and forcing field goals. But no, Montreal was not going to accept field goals. They were taking touchdowns clearly with the 51 points on the board. So uh, do we need Mm -hmm. to really rethink Ottawa's defense as well And, and not just you know looking down on their offense maybe the defense is just getting worn out to uh, what the season has been so far in this one the offense was yeah. able to move the ball a little bit but just every single time that they did something on offense the defense had no answer they 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 by far their worst game obviously
1: yeah, it, it's almost like in baseball where you know if, you, if your offense hangs up a crooked number you get 3 or 4 runs in an inning, you want your pitcher to go out there and get and get get a shutout in and get a quick inning and get the offense right back out. Right? Mm-hmm. For Ottawa, I mean, their defense was on the field for 34 minutes. Yeah. Like and those were a hard th- 34 minutes for the red box just at some point and we, we've said it at some point that's going to catch up to these guys and it's starting to look like it has and it's early but I mean they they got their one win I don't I don't see how this
0: can gets any better well judging by what we saw later in Labor Day weekend it just becomes how did to... <laughs> the Edmonton team we saw this weekend was the Edmonton team. I think people may be expected to see at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year, which is remarkable yep. that it has happened this week. We'll, we'll get to that in a, in, a, in a few minutes here. The breaking point for me and clearly Paul Lapelise and the Red Blacks for Matt Nichols happened. And, and it, I think it was at the moment where uh, Devontae Dedman does what he can to put Ottawa in the best possible field position. I think they had a starting uh, position of uh, Montreal's twenty-seven yard line. It was the first quarter. I think it was ten nothing Montreal already. So Ottawa's in a good position to answer back. They're going to at least get the field goal. But when you gain four yards, when, when when you are on Montreal's twenty-seven, a chance to stay in this game, and that's what you do on that series. Mm-hmm. They had to go to Dominic Davis, and yeah, he turned the ball over twice, but at least he's he's able to push the ball down the field. Nichols just, I don't know if he doesn't have it anymore or he doesn't have it right now with the repaired shoulder. It just wasn't Mm -hmm. happening and hasn't happened so far. No. Antonio Pipkin got more points
1: this week than Matt Nichols. What? Let that sink in. (laughs) Pipkin didn't even dress. Oh, he got zero.
0: (laughs) I was like, what did (laughs) I miss?
1: (laughs) Matt Matt Nichols legitimately got negative 1.1.
0: Wow. (laughs) It's not good for fantasy, and it's not good for real life. Because, you know, sometimes there are people, there are players that are good for fantasy, and, you know... uh, a little bit iffy for real life or or vice versa and Nichols was just bad for both yeah I I, I just
1: don't I, I don't understand how I guess not not understand is right I just don't see how they can even go back to him like I think Dom Davis is yeah. your starter for the rest of the year
0: unless he gets hurt is is Matt Nichols gonna be on the roster next week I don't know and that's a good question here's the thing I I know the temptation is to blame the general manager for this, but yep. we both know that Lapo wanted, probably would have liked the guy that he worked with in Winnipeg. Yeah, uh, so he was familiar with Matt Nichols. I, I don't know if he 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 was given the choice because maybe the con- I don't know what the contract talks were between Arbuckle and and the Red Blacks, mm-hmm. but. I, I lapo, I think, has to wear some of this as well. And, mm-hmm. but you, you just look at the franchise in Winnipeg. They built that over years with an offensive line and the, the running backs that they have from all over the place.
1: Steroids. <laughs>
0: from all over the place. Or,
1: both their starting
0: running backs is here from the same school.
1: <laughs> yeah. All and,
0: over the place. <laughs> just, just move to Winnipeg. I guess that's the, uh, yeah. That's the secret here. I don't know what they got in the water or in the... Nah, nah, I'm not even going to go there. I'll let Ty no, do that. No? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs>
1: like, it's pretty obvious,
0: and I think we knew it when it happened, that Ottawa lost this trade. Well, they traded for the rights to sign him and didn't sign yeah. him. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like It's such a tough look. But, I mean, if a guy doesn't want to play there, then, I mean, what, what are you supposed to do? Maybe yeah. before you pull the pull the trigger on that deal you talk you ask for permission to talk
0: to the guy yeah oh man so uh daniel peterman the star of the night for ottawa do we have to pick one (laughs) hey dude seven catches 77 yards and two touchdowns yeah it it counts (laughs) i don't know if anyone had him
1: No, if somebody had Daniel Peterman on their roster, they were doing it as a joke.
0: <laughs> There's got to be somebody out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, RJ Harris. There probably is. Seven catches, sixty-seven yards. Bahar had five for fifty-seven. Ryan Davis was a. Mm-hmm. It was a quieter night. For him, of course, when when Dom Davis comes in and you know, I gave him the yeah. glowing endorsement, uh, two catches for thirty-two yards, but he did have a carry and he did have uh some returns, some returns. as well. But uh getting Devontae Dedman involved even a little bit was was big. Mm-hmm. He had a forty-four yard reception, he had a sixteen yard rush, he had the big returns. This is the guy that I think they need to try and center this offense around because he, he makes things happen when they can get him into space oh
1: yeah it's it's like brandon banks all over again right right like, like if the guy gets touches he's gonna he can produce he had 15.6 points on the night i mean the, at what he's costing that's great Mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. and you talk about daniel peterman he had 20 he was third highest this week for receivers wow wow Right, but I mean, the the offense with Matt Nichols is is not gonna work. So there's always a that. couple
0: couple guys that are off the board that just come on and and mm-hmm. contribute. And Dom Davis definitely had uh, 81 uh, on his mind a lot. Running backs quickly. William Stanback, 100-yard game, 15 carries, 112 yards. Justin Davis, 8 carries for 38 yards. They never really got him going. His night looks better. if uh, So Deadman gets tackled at like the 3-yard line, and then they give yeah. Davis the carry. He gets stuffed. Dominic Davis finishes off the drive and gets the rushing touchdown, so Justin gets shut out. Yeah. That would have made things look better. But, Ty, the best running back of the night. Number 90 for the Montreal Alouettes, Almondo Sewell.
1: 100%. And it's not even close.
0: It's not even close. <laughs> get, man, I would love to see more D-tackles get the ball. Like, I mean, if they start giving the ball to Ted Laurent and uh, Hamilton on the Micah goal line. Johnson. Yeah, like, you kidding me? <laughs> Who's getting in their way? Exactly. Oh, it's we like, could have oh, two no, big man. D-tackles
1: colliding. Nah, I, <laughs> I got to work tomorrow, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> it's like There's blocking that, shots dude. in rec league. Who's the idiot that does that and goes <laughs> to work with a broken toe?
0: <laughs> oh, the next one. Sunday. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers go into Regina and win 23-8. to And the first half was physical. It was intense. The Riders had an 8-7 lead, and then Winnipeg just manhandled them in the trenches, and that was really Mm -hmm. what the second half was all about there. Um, Just as a fan and as someone who has uh, missed the Labor Day Classic, being able to get to Regina and see all those blue idiots come out, it was, man... (laughs) I you don't sometimes you don't know what you got till it's gone or sometimes you don't even know how much you miss it until you're doing it again mm-hmm. seeing so many people I haven't been able to see since the gray cup in 2019 or even before that uh some two and out fans uh James is a longtime listener Chris they sit together in a section over I hear in the back of my head Travis and they're waving to me <laughs> like Beers in Wayne's World, oh, damn, it was good to beat the Labor Day Classic again. And I gotta say, Ty, the Regina Wasps, <laughs> they are on... They're back? Dude, they're worse than the last time you and I went to a Ryder game. <laughs> they're back with a vengeance. I well, <laughs> even, even at the
1: lake, they're terrible.
0: Yeah. Terrible. No. I don't know uh, where you are in Canada, but the wasps are are, are taking over. And yeah, it was good to uh, to meet our mutual buddy uh, Sheldon at the game. Shout out to the Elfinstone Dairy Queen, baby. He is the Dairy Queen. Yes, he is. He he That's invents he is in all those great blizzards and everything. So think of yeah, him. He's the guy. That he he does it all. Yes, shout out to Sheldon. He was so <laughs> rattled after the game because of the loss. I was just happy to be there. Like, I'm sitting in the stands with a eating <gasps> grid. I'm like, man, nah. I miss this so much. <laughs> nah. Can I get you
1: anything, Eddie? Another drink, drive you out to the middle, leave you for dead? Nah, Clark, I'm just happy to be here.
0: <laughs> but in a general sense, Winnipeg came into this game with a chip on their shoulder. Just like well, Willie, they haven't Jeff- won since oh six. <laughs> like Willie Jefferson said, and they believed, you know, somehow they gave themselves bulletin board material. You know, the Riders coming off mm-hmm. the bye week, this team's undefeated, but they haven't played anybody like us, and I, I don't know that if the Riders 100%. were ready for that intensity. No, I don't think, and it's tough, like.
1: I kind of don't – or I kind of wish they didn't have their bye week last week because they had a lot of momentum. And, I mean, that – you know, taking a week off just kind of kills it. And they come in against a team that, you know, plays a really intense brand of football and Andrew Harris is back and healthy. Like, man, that's – and you have – Two of the best defensive ends coming at you every play. Like I, yeah. I just it's tough to match
0: up. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to be that <laughs> typical Ryder fan because we're in, you know, game four of the Jason Moss era as offensive coordinator. He needs to be fired. <laughs> the Bombers don't have to respect the run. They they don't. No. No team does against against the Riders right now. You just don't have to worry about it. I mean, Powell had a few carries towards the end of the uh first half. Uh had a 16-yard run there, eight carries for 44 yards, but there's He touched a... the ball 9 times. Yeah. That's there's it. nothing to worry about. No. It's a joke. And uh It's an absolute joke. We we seen I, I've seen Moss do this when he was in Edmonton, those whatever they are the bubble screens to the receiver with no blocker, and uh, I, I yeah, know that more can make a few guys miss. But the Winnipeg defense, it, if you make one guy miss, there's another guy right on top of you. They they play to the ball so yeah. fast. Alexander, they, they big hill, so well. Yeah, yeah. Alexander, big hill. They're they're just all over the field. If you make one guy miss, the next guy's gonna smash you. So those just aren't gonna yeah. work against that team. No. No, and he refuses to
1: change. Like, if you're going to have William Powell on your roster, why don't you use him? Now, with, I mean, the front seven for Winnipeg. I know, keeping, yeah. Keeping guys in to block, I get it. But, I mean, if if you're not going to run the ball, team, teams are going to sit back and wait. And you're going to turn the ball over. And Cody Fajardo had three interceptions. Yep.
0: The American so, receiver situation in Saskatchewan's kind of thin without Shaq Evans.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Kyron Moore he had ten catches, seventy-nine yards. Williams Lambert had the five catches targets. for nine. I know that's that's massive. <laughs> and Ricardo Lewis gets onto the roster and he had a couple mm-hmm. catches, but he also had a costly drop at a key point in the yep. game as well. Uh, so that that's rough on that rider team and the twenty five hundred dollar hero, Braden Lineus, doesn't get much done in this one. Two catches for eight Finally yards. Finally dropped a pass. Yeah, probably Cody Fajardo's worst game as a rider. But it's hard to yeah. think about we're we're only in his second season as a starter. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Vernon Adams, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, there's going to be more games like this. Like, I mean, no, yeah, cor- yeah. Ricky Ray had games like this. Jeff Garcia had games like this. Bo has games like this. It happens. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, against Winnipeg, like, I I don't know why I picked Saskatchewan to win coming off a bye. But
0: I just <laughs> saw the world through green-colored glasses like an idiot. And The Labor Day thing. It's one of those things where... Right?
1: There's, no way, there's no way they're losing. And, and you know... But this, it just happened to be, you know, coming off a of bye week and just didn't show mm-hmm. up. Just didn't show mm-hmm. up. And, you know, it sucks that, the, that it happened this week. But, I mean, these games are going to happen. And it's just you, you can't have these happen in November, right? I mean, they're they're only a game back. They're only a game back. You have to
0: win next week or you're not catching Winnipeg. That's the thing with these home and homes. Like, if you're the home team in the first game, you better hope you win because now's the test to see what the rough riders are made of going into yeah, winnipeg if you don't
1: <laughs> if you don't win that if you don't win that first game at home like it's real easy to go 0 and 2 in those two weeks especially going into winnipeg like sorry they're louder than it than regina and you know it's it's insane in that stadium how loud it can get it like is, we were there for great is. cup and it wasn't sold like it wasn't full but it was
0: loud we, I was in that stadium with, like, 20 Edmonton fans in 2015 for the game day walkthrough. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you yeah, can yeah, hear yeah. the echoes from, like, 15 yeah. people. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Never
0: mind full.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I, the way that Winnipeg, like, came out and basically just stomped on them, right? Like, pushed them down, stepped on their throat, and that was that.
0: Well, the, yeah. Sk- yeah.
1: Saskatch- Saskatchewan was never – it just felt like they were never really in it.
0: But this is another thing where we kind of expected the Riders to kind of look like this at the beginning of the year. They're missing four starters on the offensive line from 2019. Mm-hmm. That's rough yep. to uh, recover huge. from. huge.
1: And you're missing one of the best receivers in the league, yeah. in Shaq Evans. You have an inept offensive coordinator. And you know the def I mean you give up twenty three points, it doesn't seem that bad. Right? Like the defense I don't think They kept
0: them in it. They
1: like, kept them in it, but I mean if your offense isn't doing anything, it just it's
0: Yeah. It it's just so deflating for a defense, right? Well and big props to Zach Kalaros, who he made like it doesn't look spectacular 19 of 27 for 245 mm-hmm. an interception and a touchdown but i uh, his backup almost scored more fantasy points than he did <laughs> yeah the two rushing touchdowns right i yeah. 14.9 and 12.3 wow i couldn't even <laughs> barely remember like my name it was so loud in there and they were so poised, and he was so poised. And there mm-hmm. were many times when he made plays on second and long that just take the wind right out of Saskatchewan's mm-hmm. sail. Yeah, he was making plays when he needed to. And that touchdown pass to Nick Dembski was one of the most beautiful pa- – it was right oh. in front of where I was sitting, and I don't know how Mike yeah. Adam could have defended that any better. No, I – and –
1: Coach Barker said it today on the panel like the safety is your weak spot of coverage. Mhm. Right? And he's there to support really. Plays. Yeah. And so I mean, you get a ball thrown like that, like good luck. And, and you know, it's it's just one of those things that you're not you can't defend it. And if you do defend it, you're probably taking a penalty. It's the only way to defend it, you're going yeah, you're going to have to take a illegal contact, you know. Yeah. At the line or something to, to stop that play because I mean, if if Zach's going to throw the ball like that, I mean, good
0: yeah, you're not stopping that play. He even rushed for thirty yards. I know it was only three carries, mm-hmm. but it was just at times when it was like oh, re-, like really, and yeah. the Rider defense. Not having Micah Johnson on there was big for a few reasons. Andrew Harris rushed for ninety-five yards, and mm-hmm. they got no pressure on Caleros. A few times they'd be able to, you know, kind of chase him out of the pocket, but with no Micah eating up the double teams, it was rough on the defensive ends. AC Leonard and Jonathan Woodard were not the biggest factors in this game. No, I mean that's such a
1: huge loss. Like it's not even. But if you tell me that Andrew Harris has ninety five yards and they keep him out of the end zone, and Zach only throws one touchdown and, and throws, I know, a pit, I know, I'm not, I'm not, there's no chance. I think Winnipeg won that game. Yeah, they're not flashy, right the def- like,
0: like they, they, no. they actually pretty much have a carbon copy of the exact same offense they won the Grey Cup with. Perfect. <laughs> that's that's what we need is them to win
1: back to back oh god <laughs> also you said that you could barely remember your name because it was so loud i couldn't remember i probably could not have told you my name last night at about 10 p.m <laughs> but not because it was too loud
0: <laughs> oh man okay we've avoided it all season or at least i have but now it's time to talk officials tie Because that roughing the kicker call. (laughs) And you know what? Maybe I don't have the biggest problem with it because Dickinson gets to challenge it and overturn it. But when the eye in the sky or whatever you want to call it overturns a rinky dinky offside on a, on a Winnipeg receiver uh, a play in which Andrew Harris ends up uh, having a 17-yard screen pass, so the, the Bombers kick a field goal on that one to extend their lead. So it might have been a little bit of a key play there. But how can mm-hmm. – and I know it's probably written in the rule book that you can't uh, – the eye in the sky can't review a roughing the kicker, whatever it is. Which is – yeah. But, but the fact that you would review that over a roughing the kicker, that that doesn't make sense to me. The, and they, and <laughs> they didn't. It didn't get any better today, right? Exactly. On Labor Day Monday, it was just the same thing. And people have very short memories when it comes to the eye in the sky. Because now people are saying, "Since when could they could they review these things?" I, I swear, it's uh, for like afford- the last five years. Yeah, but I was in I was in Fort Saskatchewan when that came in, so it would have well, been twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. So a couple of years ago. People are demanding for more eye in the sky. Yeah. And now <laughs> eye in the sky makes a change on an offside. And they say, what? We don't need that. Like, let the ref make the call. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you want? But What do you want? But at what point, wh- why can't the eye in the sky, like if it's blatant, like it's like that roughing the kicker mm-hmm. BS, why can't they just automatically make the call like if you're gonna I, do it on a you know a five yard penalty why not yeah. on something like that I, that's a great question travis well because like i mean at some I, I point honestly
1: like at, at some point you can't have the eye in the sky like a, yeah. the command center
0: calling a game but because then at that point, like, what's the point of a coach's challenge? Like, <laughs> just have the yeah, eye in the sky exactly. review every single play. <laughs> yeah, let's make these games six hours long. Yeah. That was silly. And, uh, it's, it's, it, Dickinson's probably choked that, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he had to burn a challenge. But let's be clear. The officials had nothing to do with the outcome of the, uh, the riders yep. and bombers, the bombers, uh they, they just went in uh with their chest puffed out and they're gonna be just as puffed out at home this weekend against Saskatchewan.
1: I mean they're they're still the champs.
0: They are. They are. They are they are the head of the table. <laughs> acknowledge them, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll acknowledge them before
1: I acknowledge Roman Reigns. <laughs>
0: Oh uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats they show Toronto who's boss on Labor Day 32-19 and uh, you know the the Tie Cats I I actually would love to see you know the be- beginning of a season in Hamilton and Toronto I feel like any American rookie that comes in they probably have about a 6-hour lecture on what Labor Day means <laughs> because it's, yeah it's Christmas <laughs> They were they were hating each other, you know, an hour
1: before the game. And guess who was in the middle of it? Yeah. <laughs> and then guess who took guess who took a stupid penalty in the middle of the game? Oh, oh your weird! Boy. It was Chris Edwards. <laughs> the end of the game got real exciting, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that was this game was it was really all tie cats from the beginning and. You know, when you see Jagera Davis, Dylan Wynn, Ted Laurent back on the defensive line, they were at near full strength, and they really manhandled the Argos, and they kind of did in every every phase of the game. Dane Evans threw for 248 yards. Both of
1: Toronto's quarterbacks didn't play overly well. I mean, Arbuckle comes in, or starts the game, and then Cloud Thompson has to come in. 111 yards and a touchdown, two picks for Arbuckle. Like nothing to write home about R- running the football. I mean, maybe you could call that one a even, but when it comes, like, I just don't understand where this Toronto team
0: came from. <laughs> well, Ty, what do they do at quarterback now? I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> the 8.8
1: and 8.4 points, Arbuckle and Macbeth.
0: Part of me wonders if it's just just the Labor Day monster. You know, like do you just do you just go to the film room and flush it down the toilet after watching it once and then Arbuckle's back out there as the guy or do you make the switch again because I I feel I, like Macbeth has been through this a lot <laughs> already, yeah. but do you want to yep. ruin Nick Arbuckle's confidence? No
1: but you also have to put your team in the best position to win. Yeah, you have but to win I, games. right now, right now you're flipping a coin. yeah. between those two. cuz Arbuckle played like garbage today.
0: <laughs> he was 18 on the of run 32. of
1: 32. <laughs> well, yeah, that did not help. But he was in 18 of 32 for 207, two picks and one touchdown. Mhm. That's like, not that's, good. I I bet you he starts next week. I don't see why he wouldn't, but I think the leash is going to be a hell of a lot shorter than it was today.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's definitely a good call there. And the Tie Cats defensive backs, they had a great game. Kareel Brooks with uh with an interception. Jamal Rule is an absolute monster. Four knockdowns. Yep. He was great in coverage. I mean, Frankie Williams has an impact on defense. He, When you uh-huh. give up the special team's touchdown, that is probably one of the worst ones to recover from, Ty. Yeah, because you're going
1: right back out there. Yep. It's rough.
0: Right. <laughs> <don't>... It sucks.
1: <laughs> but I, I saw him make the first or the second cut, I guess, and I was like, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. You could you could tell right away, and I'm like, oh boy, my Argos <laughs> pick looks like trash right now. <laughs>
0: well, it looked, I think better I got, than well. <laughs> I, went, I went one and three this week in pick Ooh, yeah, I went two and two. I can't talk much. Three road teams winning this week—that's big. That's crazy. It's crazy. Toronto, that like Toronto still hasn't won
1: in Hamilton or in Tim Hortons Field on Labor Day. Winnipeg comes in, finally beats or finally beats Saskatchewan in the regular season. Just
0: crazy. So, I think it's uh, the TyCats have won twelve in a row at home. They're they're just playing lights out there. Yeah,
1: like this this year has just turned into an absolute crapshoot. It is, (laughs) and we 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 figured we figured it'd be a little weird. Yeah. You know with no training like with no exhibition games and all that stuff but I didn't think it would be this weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Simone Lawrence was the other one that had an interception off a of deflection so that was a pretty big uh, pretty big play by him and that was ended up being a, a touchdown for the mm-hmm. Titans. Cats. It was they were just flying all over the place in this one. Uh, and I mean if you, they didn't really rush the ball much uh, so Brandon Banks he was actually Hamilton's leading rusher, 5 carries for 31 yards. <laughs> he only had the 3 catches for 45 yards. It did look like even though he didn't, you know, have his 130, 140 yards and three touchdowns or whatever, he did have more of an impact on this game. And yeah. the fact he got back into the game after getting absolutely smashed by in Deku of the Toronto Argonauts, mm-hmm. which, by the way, Ty, I am so happy there was no flag on that play. It was, and I think you could argue maybe it was yep. a defenseless receiver, but that's Labor Day football, man. Okay, I'm going to say this right now.
1: The defenseless receiver rule in football is stupid. It's not my problem that he's putting himself in that position. I should be allowed to hit him.
0: Well, the quarterback be puts him, him in, in that head? position, too.
1: <laughs> right? Should I be allowed to hit him in the head? No.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But, okay, but anyway, that that aside, yeah, to to come back after that, I mean, I don't want to call Brandon Banks a prima donna, uh, <laughs> but he has an attitude. We've seen his attitude lately, and, it, like, you know, he he mentally checks, or it seems like, now maybe he doesn't check out, but, like, you know, We've seen him take that a penalty and it ruins his day and he's just not as like he's just not mentally there, right? And mm-hmm. he, he takes that hit and yeah, for him to come back that showed some co- big cojones. Maybe maybe he wasn't hit that hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the very next play though. They go right back at Treston Deku. Mm-hmm. David Ungerer with yeah. the stiff arm of the year for that touchdown. Yeah.
1: Or that as Davis likes to call it, Davis Sanchez might have had the worst day I've ever seen on TV today.
0: <laughs> like not, not just for him, but like of all time. I, okay, I've listened back to this show, and I've I've had some pretty bad shows too. So I'm just gonna move. Oh away. yeah, but we're not professionals. <laughs> hey, I kind of talk for a living. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and you know what? A shout out to Eric Rogers. Uh, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. There were the, only the two catches for twenty yards. One was a rough drop for him, and on that yeah. play, he got. Ah, man, it looked pretty nasty. Kind of folded up helmet to helmet kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then the very next play, he catches a touchdown. So I guess he's okay. That's what Eric Rogers does. But is uh, Curly Gittins, I mean, who do we go with Toronto as far as receivers go? I mean, Rogers is still the monster in the red zone. But Curly Gittins has 88 yards. DeVaris Daniels had himself 57 yards, six catches. Braverman... Had uh, 60 yards, including a 46 yard reception. The, the Argos <laughs> they did move the ball. <laughs> it, yes. it just it never really ended up all that well, and some of it was you know garbage time in the last 90 90 seconds or so.
1: Yeah, uh, they have somewhat of an embarrassment of riches at that position, but they just don't have the quarterback to use them properly. I mean, early on in the year. We saw that offense, you know, putting up points and, and winning football games, and that that just wasn't there today. And like you said, the garbage time touchdown for Eric Rogers, but I mean, it's still a touchdown. He's still a huge target in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's what makes me want to like, you know, if I'm going to pick a receiver from Toronto, it's probably going to be Eric Rogers. Uh, but you know, it's hard. You, you see, DeVars Daniels there too. I mean, Daniel Braverman's getting the return yards, but I, I think, yeah, Eric Rodgers is going to get the bulk of looks in the red zone, and I think that's who you have to go with. I mean, he had 16 points this week, and it's not you're not paying through the nose
0: for him. Yeah, yeah. So there's some good value there for a guy that uh, they like to look at in the end zone. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last game of the week, Elks and Stampeders. Now, this was after our last show, came out. They they have rescheduled the Elks and Argos game that was postponed. <laughs> I'm just gonna quickly say si- <laughs> this whole thing is pretty silly, man. We were told that if you're not eighty-five percent vaccinated, then the game could be a forfeit, you'll lose your game check. But that apparently was never, you know, approved by the PA. So instead of making that happen and sending a message to the rest of the league. Now the Elks are going to play three games in seven days which mm-hmm. okay, player safety, player safety, player safety. Yeah. And
1: now that that argument has zero legs to stand on. It's going to
0: be so bad. They're going to have to you can't practice after the first game. No. No. Nope. <laughs> And they're all gold.
1: <laughs> yeah, like that it's gonna be some terrible football. And like, yeah, wow. they're probably gonna need some wins at the end of the year. Yeah, but those are critical games. They're they might win the first one, they're not winning the next two. Wow. I don't see how they can. Unless what what are they gonna what are they gonna let them do? Have a seventy man roster so they can rest guys for the second game?
0: I, well, the, I mean they said they can put five more guys on the roster. But oh, five. But Jeez. I like for the second game. What do you do? Do you, do you just dress the backups?
1: <laughs> yeah, you just take it as a loss. You, there's no
0: way. So they're that there's desperate no way. to get that game check. Instead, all they had to do was get vaccinated <laughs> and get and get the game check. Like Alberta's given away a hundred bucks. <laughs> if yeah. you want to go get your shot and these players could have got a check and just called it a game. <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll take the loss. Thanks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cause now you just added
1: a loss probably. Right. Cause I mean, ho- three games in seven days, just hopefully I, no I one can't gets even hurt?
0: play that. I can't even play three games of slow pitch in seven days. <laughs> Dude. If we played one game of football, it'd be five years before the next one. I haven't played flag football in seven years. (laughs) Are you recovered?
1: (laughs) Uh, Not according to my whoop strap.
0: (laughs) This 32-20 win over the Calgary Stampeders on Labor Day tie, I I don't know what to say. I, I would have bet you my condo. That the stamps were going to win this one with Jake Mayer or Bo Levi Mitchell, I didn't really care. I thought that the Elks would be a mess walking into this game. Yep, but haven't Tre- won in, haven't won Labor Day since 2011. This was a championship performance from Trevor Harris. I mean, at the beginning of the game, yep. he's yelling at his teammates, getting everybody fired up, and I don't think I just, saw him just spreading COVID around. <laughs> He did not, you know, break his focus all game long. I don't know if you caught – there was no. a moment where Greg Ellingson was fooling around with the CFL rabbit and Harris was yelling and waving at him to get back in the huddle. Like, Harris was <sighs> dialed in for this game. Yeah. yeah, it's a Trevor Harris we haven't seen in a while, if yeah. ever. Four touchdowns,
1: 398 yards, like, wow. Yeah, 31 of 41 Uh Spread the ball out pretty well. Mike Jones, I mean, he had that 52-yard uh, touchdown reception, which kind of boosted his numbers. There, he had 107 yards. But I mean, Drell Walker, 94. Ernest what Edwards, what a catch he nowhere. had
0: late in the game.
1: Yeah, f- 56 yards for him. Jalen Tolliver, 48 yards. Ellingson, 65. Like you know, Ellingson and Walker targeted nine times. Obviously, I mean, they're the top two guys on your depth chart right now. They're probably going to get the majority of looks, but I mean, other than that, ball gets spread out and the yardages are spread out. Uh, James Wilder was had a pretty good game before I don't know what happened, but he was like dying on the sidelines. I mean, and when you when you get that James Wilder showing up, you know, four catches, yeah, only sixteen yards, but he added in
0: the touchdown. Like, it, well, when you get stop. when you get Wilder in the open field against a DB, it's just never going to end luck. well for the DB. No. <laughs> like, no. He's probably got 80 pounds on the poor guy. <laughs> yeah, he, lo- he looks like Booby Miles. <laughs> you know, Jake Mayer has another 300 yard game. He's the first Calgary Stampeders mm-hmm. quarterback to do that uh this many times. Yeah. I. The Edmonton defense played him tough, but there were moments where the Stampeders receivers were putting the ball on the carpet, too. Mm-hmm. For the young quarterback, that's tough, man. Real tough. Uh,
1: only had 29 completions out of 46 attempts. Targeted Marquise Ambles 15 times, Kamar Jordan wow. 12. Like there, When you have Kamar Jordan's Marquise Ambles, Josh Huff, you know, has... Didn't have a huge game, sixty-eight yards and six catches, so it's not terrible. ala we've seen him be able to put up big numbers. This receiving core for a young quarterback is a really good thing to have, and you have Kadeem Carey in the backfield too. But if they're dropping footballs, it it's just so hard to so hard to win games if if your guys aren't executing.
0: They didn't get them enough carries. Uh, six carries for forty-three yards. No. So he had over seven yards of carry and did have the touchdown. Edmonton was swallowing him up pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good there. I, I think uh, something big that happened in this game was when Malik Henry got hurt and uh, Josh Huff yeah. ended up returning kicks. And I think it was wearing him out Woo! on offense. He had to yeah. he had to take a break during a pretty critical play where Mare tries to hit Colton Hunchak. Mm-hmm. And it does get broken up in the end zone. I mean, it was pretty close. I I, Look, I think there has been P.I. called on less egregious offenses (laughs) in the end zone. Uh, But Dave Dickinson already did the challenge on something that... I don't understand how that one was called pass interference. Because that looked to me like he just sold it like a salesman, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was selling he was a greasy used car salesman trying to push that, you know, nineteen eighty seven Oldsmobile down your throat, and it worked, and he got the call. But he he challenged <laughs> on that roughing the passer that wasn't a roughing the passer on Jake Mayer. Hmm. But I mean earlier when Trevor Harris goes to slide the linebacker, mm-hmm. instead of putting his head down and hitting him, he holds up and puts his arms out and touches his shoulder. It yep. gets reviewed and called roughing the passer? Yep, that sounds
1: about right. This league is nothing if not consistent when it comes to <laughs> reviews, right? Okay,
0: if it's consistently bad, I guess it's still yeah, consistent. It's <laughs> consistent.
1: Consistently inconsistent. Like, like I, I was blown away. Call, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I understand that you have to... I, I understand why they make that call. It's black and white. You don't want to, you know, start being like, well, it wasn't that bad. We don't have to call that one. But, I mean, what is it, what is the guy supposed to do? You don't know when Trevor Harris is going to slide. The guy
0: held up. It was a bang. I mean, like, it work. was... He's got... He's got nowhere to go. It was fast. It was not, you know Yeah. It was bang oh man. And and I get it, the, the next one where it wasn't really technically a face mask because he didn't grab him by the bars. But we have seen mm-hmm. in the past where literally any bit of contact with the quarterback's head it gets called. Yeah. Like, we've seen it before where there's, like, a glancing slap to the helmet, and it gets roughing the passer. Yeah. So, Mare gets smashed, and there was some helmet contact, at least it looked like to me, and doesn't get called. Yeah, that (laughs) made no sense to not call that one. See, I know that Bradbury had to leave the game with the pulled hammy, but... There was some issues towards the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter. That stretch of the game seemed like it, it took, took an about hour. An hour, yeah. Whoever that backup ref was did a terrible job of managing yeah. that football game. Like, look, it's there's about a million people watching the Labor Day Classic, and that that was a rough, rough stretch uh, of football. It there picked up so many flags. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There was lots that were on. Uh, no, there's no well there was there was that one on the punt where mm-hmm. they called the penalty on Calgary and then they switched it to Edmonton and then it got reviewed upstairs to no call on the and punt. And got overturned. <laughs> like, oh my God. Whoa, like wh- whatever way you sit on the fence with the roughing the passer calls, we can all agree on that, that that was not good. That was not a good look. And maybe part of it, it's the, the backup ref that gets thrown into there and is like, uh-oh. But uh, that that was pretty rough, man. Yeah, That really made me miss Tim Croker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so bad. Th- this is... Uh... A rough spot for the Stamps, man. Now they got to go back to Edmonton with the Elks this fired up. Mm-hmm. Now what? One and four. I I think they got to force Bo Levi into there. If his leg is not still broken. Hey, they pulled him off the sixth game to practice. They they got to think something's something's going on. Yeah,
1: but I mean, he didn't still didn't dress this week. Yeah, he didn't. So, I mean, his recovery is probably going a lot quicker. But I just don't see him coming back th- after three weeks from that.
0: Right. But, yeah,
1: if you, you go – they're one and four. Um, You might have to start looking at maybe, yeah, rushing them back because you've got to start getting wins. You're, you're six points back now already. Like, you basically – I don't know. Like, three – well, four losses. Like, does that get? Does that
0: even get you in the playoffs? <laughs> oh, man. I'm serious. Well, I I'm know, serious. But I, I look at this stretch for both the Riders and the Stampeders because here's we got the Stamps and the Bombers both coming off Labor Day losses, and in October, <laughs> the Stamps and the Riders play each other three games in a row. No, three games in four weeks. (laughs) Okay. So the Riders do have a bye week in there. So the Riders play their schedule as Calgary three games in a row. I think that's the three-game series that's going to be like, who's going to squeeze into Mm -hmm. that maybe playoff spot in the West? And you can't forget about BC either. Things just got really messy. (laughs) But, I mean, I
1: just – the way they the way this game went today, Edmonton fought, is so fired up and if we get that Trevor Harris again, they lose yeah. next week. Yeah. And they then they go to Hamilton. And who knows what is gonna but I mean that team is totally different with Dane Evans. And then you have to play the Riders, and at that point you could be one and six. Wow.
0: That's a distinct possibility. This is new territory for the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah, it's it's, it's such a shame.
1: You hate to see it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, come on. The Edmonton Elks, Ernest Edwards, Jalen Tolliver, both getting touchdowns? Nah. I, you can call me stupid, but I didn't see that coming, man. And two missed field goals from Sean White? I really thought that could have been the difference in the game, and it wasn't. Yeah. Like, we come into this
1: week with, was it Paredes, Lowther, White, and I want to say maybe Boris Beattie. They had four missed field goals between them all. Wow. And this week just went to crap. (laughs) Here's another question.
0: Is Hugh O'Neill on the roster next week? That is the. F- I don't think he can be. You know, p- part of he had a the reason four yard punt. Part part of the reason that teams are getting big returns has to do with where he's putting the ball too. Yeah, hundred percent. So, like he he has had a bad. He's been bad this year. Bad. Edmonton's Edmonton's got to figure that out too. They've got they have to stack up some wins before their three games in seven days too. If you want to talk about yeah. teams that need to get some wins in, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> well, you know, I I, I kind of wondered if Labor Day is early in this season, but at the same time, the season's still getting cranked up at Labor Day. I. I, I love mm-hmm. to see it. The, the intensity was just off the charts this weekend. Who were uh, the... at least with Labor Day? At
1: least with Labor Day being this early in the season, and with it being pushed back, we have more
0: games after Labor Day. Labor after, Day doesn't yeah. ruin your season. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, who are the top performers uh, in fantasy this week?
1: Well, I had uh, I had the highest. Scoring uh, wide receiver, which was nice. Nice. Um, but Vernon Vernon Adams had 31. Dominique Davis had 25.4. He's number two? He's number two. Who does number two work for? And then Dane Evans at 18.9. Running back-wise, James Wilder Jr., who's also on my roster, 18.1. Andrew Harris, 14.2. Kadeem Carey, 12.7. And then at the wide receiver spot, Jake Winnike and Eugene Lewis, Eugene Lewis, sorry, were one and two with 31 and 29. Uh Daniel Peterman at 26.7, Markeith Ambles 22.8, Tim White 21.9, Kamar Jordan 21.3 and Mike Jones at 20.7. There was seven guys with
0: over 20 points. Well, and I guess I got to throw it in here, Trevor Harris had 31.9 points, so he finishes ahead. Of oh, yeah, uh, that is true. Dom Davis, uh, the four four touchdown performance from him. Well, I guess oh, yep. he had a 33.3, uh thirty three point three with his 14 rushing yards as well. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he'd be he'd be number one.
1: He just has a zero on here because I have to put zeros in so they don't show up on their bye week. And I just forgot to delete his.
0: Oh, yeah, there it is. Look, I but... contributed something to the fantasy discussion because I've been terrible. Yeah. He had another loss in the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge to Superman Fike of the Turf District <laughs> Podcast. How um, many points did you end up with this week? Let me look. He, last time I looked, he had the highest score of the week. So whenever I lose to the highest score in that league, I don't get upset. Uh, he had 113.5 points. What would you have? Uh, it was 78 or something like that. Jesus. <laughs> he had va The running backs didn't do much for him but he had Marquise mm. ambles josh huff and mike jones so uh my yeah. my original lineup had va and eugene lewis with cheap running backs and uh i chickened out <laughs> <laughs> typical yeah typical me typical me I, and i
1: i did I had to laugh today too and I was watching my score go over a hundred when somebody says I'm not using your I'm not using your stats to influence my decisions anymore and then I put up a hundred points. <laughs> okay, you
0: do you, buddy. <laughs> Ty just coming with the
1: fire. I love it. I'm now sec I'm now second in the league in our well podcast league. I'm probably like forty fifth. Um,
0: That's probably you generous.
1: Are... <laughs> Oh man, you're so you are forty third.
0: Hey, I was close. Look at that for t- for for total score. I'd like so, to say there's I mean, no way terrible. but up, but there's probably a dozen or more people in there that have zero on the season for not playing at all. So yeah, uh... <laughs> but I, I believe you're ahead of I believe you're ahead of your wife, so you have that going for okay, you. Okay, perfect. Uh, This episode of Do It Out is brought to you by the Business Council of Alberta. Have you wondered what goes on inside a CEO's mind or what it's really like to lead a company? C-Suite Unplugged, an Alberta Better podcast series, brings you fresh and honest conversations with Alberta's biggest CEOs, from leaders in energy and finance to tech, innovation, and agriculture And everything in between. Join host Adam Legg, president of the Business Council of Alberta, for an unplugged conversation with Alberta's leaders about their stories, what keeps them up at night, and their outlook on the future of Alberta. Find new episodes of C-Suite Unplugged on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. You can also listen at businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. That's businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. New episodes drop every other Tuesday. And Ty, I'm just seeing this. If you're still uh, listening this late in the show, we've got some breaking news. Derek Moncrief, linebacker mm-hmm. cut from the National Football League, is now a member of the Edmonton Elks. So, but that, he's still going to be, what, two weeks away? That's true. He's still got to do his probably quarantine and uh, towards the end of, yeah. well, but middle that, of September anyway. Yeah, but that is, a, that is a huge get. He is a game disruptor. He was great in Saskatchewan with Aguavin and Elimimian and uh, the mm-hmm. last few years there. He'll oh, be a welcome speaking addition of Edmonton.
1: Speaking of Solomon... Um, according to Davis Sanchez, I know he fixed it at the end of the show. But according to David Sanchez, no defensive player has ever won an MOP. And then he changes it at the end. I don't think a DB has ever done it. I looked it up. How Patterson. Both are lies.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, was a D, he was a DB and an offensive tackle. <laughs> okay. okay. Last thing, can you imagine a player being an offensive tackle, or I think then it was an offensive end. Offensive end, yeah. And a defensive back at the same time. Like, imagine Jamarcus Hardrick playing DB. (laughs) 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 I love it. Oh. Rate and review and subscribe to 2 It Out and get it wherever you find your podcasts. We'll talk to you Thursday for those Labor Day rematches. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.